Hello, this is your host, Yemi Majekodumi from Widow Recovery Secrets. Today, I'm on Podcast 63. My mission continues to be to equip and empower widows slash single women holistically. I offer one-to-one coaching sessions tailored for your specific goals and dreams. Or you can enroll now on our three-month coaching program. Bookings are open now to start on the 10th of February. Slots are going very quickly. For other resources, go to businessandmarriagecoaching.co.uk. Today I'm writing on the recurrent distaste of the disenfranchisement of widows around the world. Through my one-to-one conversations and work I do with widows, I'm privileged to have been told these stories. Very heart-wrenching stories. So today I'm speaking out against such atrocities and addressing the recommendations that should be put in place for the widow and for personal application for them. Just to give you some statistics, do you know that there are an estimated 258 million widows around the world and nearly 1 in 10 live in extreme poverty? There are 700,000 women become widows annually around the world. These are amazing figures. So what does this enfranchisement mean? And this is basically the state of being deprived of right or privilege to what you own, what you might have built with your spouse while you were both alive, or just being looked down on and neglected and shunned as not worthy of anything. This is what happens to many, many widows when their husbands die around the world. Widows are faced with a double blow of emotion, the emotional effects of the absent spouse and fatherless children, then being exploited and displaced by family, friends or in-laws that are normally meant to protect them. Many find they are removed from their homes and all possessions earned by the two as a couple are taken, and many, many widows end up homeless with no money, no emotional support, ending up on the streets and many times close to emotional breakdowns. And can you imagine, I'm fortunate to live in the West, in England, where at least there's a welfare state, or there's something you call something like that. But in some countries around the world, there's nothing called a welfare state or housing or where you can get housing support. So for me personally, it's quite heart-wrenching and not quite imaginable that these things happen, but they do. None of them know there's no respite or space to process the loss of the spouse. Talk less of being able to plan a secure future for self and family. I go back to my core, which is the word of God, which states, Caused be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. And all the people say, Amen. Second quote I have is, you shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. The three issues that need to be looked at, especially in most countries of the world where this takes place, is governance, number one. The question is, what legislation has the government of each country got in place to protect and make perpetrators of crime to widows accountable? There is a need to abolish barbaric laws that indicate the insignificance of women in societies that do this. Number two, the rolling out 
in significant parity educational programs of awareness plus penal laws that state categorically the consequential punishment of invasive acts of individual stealing and disenfranchising widows. Number three, a strategy of support established in law and funded working centers for support for the emotionally bereft, especially widows and children. I can hardly imagine, and I share this with so much mixed emotions, and the three potential safeguards against being left disenfranchised for widows, I will give you these three pointers. When you're still married, and remember any woman can be a widow when you're married because you never know when someone's going to pass away. Number one, as a woman married to a man, you should have a watertight legal trust of all properties earned and acquired during the marriage. Number two, a written will, perhaps, could be an alternative managed by a professional executor who will safeguard that the content of the will is distributed as instructed. Number three, the couple register property and possessions in both names. But just to show how complicated this issue is, it's never as straightforward in some countries. The latter one, a point of caution with the latter, I'm informed that in most cases there can be wills written and they're still overruled. So the question still goes to governance, legislation, laws that protect widows. To widows, I say briefly, may you find a personal advocate that will speak and empower you at every level in navigating the grief and loss and recovery and personal renewal you will need to go through from the loss of your spouse. Coaches, mentors, friends come in this form to engineer your emotional healing and facilitate how to find a new purpose for your future. There's always hope after loss. But what makes the walk, the grief you're walking, navigating harder is when people who are meant to support you tend to knock you down. For encouragement and strength, get my ebook, Walking Out of Widowed, and Coaching Provision, and much more resources at businessandmarriagecoaching.co.uk. I'm signing off now. This is your host again, Yemi Machekudumi, from Widow Recovery Secrets. My message to you is, there's always hope after loss. Nothing is absolutely hopeless. Do dare to dream a new dream. Stay well and stay blessed. Thank you.